Warning, this podcast contains mature themes, coarse language, and hella spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Additional content warning for brief discussion of suicide and self-harm at about the 32 minute and 40 second mark. It only lasts about a minute. Welcome to Love and Horror, a podcast about opposing film genres and the women who love them. I'm Deanne, and I love horror. And I'm Laura, and I love romance and drama. Drinking in the pumpkin spice because it is, it is now is the time of our pumpkin spice. <laughs> um, I was gonna say now is the winter of our discontent, and it's like it's really not. But now is the, the time summer of our discontent. Maybe. Now is the time of our pumpkin spice, and now um, is the time of our fiftieth episode. I've been all about sound effects the last couple days. I was talking about the tumbleweeds of dog hair in my house and saying <laughs> I feel like I can hear. But yes, our 50th episode, Mm -hmm. our 100th movie. That's crazy. That's awesome. That's so many movies. It's been so fun. I've enjoyed so much of this. Absolutely. Um, But yeah, so we're changing things up a little bit for this episode. We are, yeah. We're doing uh, horror and love, you might say. I guess, yes. Oh wait, do we want to talk about some bullshit first? Probably. We, We can always do some bullshit. I'm good at bullshit. Yeah. How was your your week? Uh, it was good. I just got back like three hours ago from a kind of almost impromptu overnight camping trip. Um, this is like the latest in the season I've mm. ever gone camping. And I love fall camping now. It's, it's all nice, I ever hey? want to do. Nice when it gets nice and cool in the evening. Yeah. And, um, how was the, the smoke out there? Um, it didn't seem smoky, but it was like very like overcast yeah. feeling the entire time. It's been so smoky in the city the last couple yeah. of days. I don't even, this is terrible. There have been so many like wildfires this yeah. summer. I don't even know where the current fires that are blowing the smoke in are. But... I think these are coming from BC. Oh, I but I was, I was thinking about you out there. I'm like, oh, you're out, out in the wilderness and it's so smoky. I yeah. hope it doesn't ruin your time if you're trying to go yeah, hiking or it, anything. Yeah, it definitely didn't feel like too smoky. Like when I got there yesterday, it was like too hot to go hiking. Oh. But I found um like the the spot that I stayed in was like basically like you come into the campground and then you go to like the very end of the campground and there's a spot there and it's like super secluded. Nice. It like almost felt like being in the backcountry because there's like like there's like the site and then there's just like forest behind it. So I had like the entire forest to me and I found a kind of like a little like not official trail back there it was a bit more like kind of just bushwhacky in some trail of convenience yeah so I kind of like walked around in through there for a little bit which was nice 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 and close um I have stayed in like the spot next to that spot before because it's like there's like three spots back there that are my favorite spots Mm. because they're just like 
so far away from everything. Yeah, just nice and secluded. That's what I want out of camping, Yeah, seclusion. The only bad thing is then it's like really far away from the bathrooms, <laughs> like even like the outhouse. So I was very grateful to have my shiwi with me Oh, night. yeah. I wouldn't even worry about a shiwi. I unabashedly will squat in the bush. See, and I just can't. I will, I will pee all over my pants and my underwear and my <laughs> socks and my shoes. So I am a shiwi girl. As someone who has a very small bladder. Yeah. Um, I learned early on yeah, how to I just squat can't get, like, successfully. I can't like get the angle right without losing oh, all yeah. over everything. So no, I just I'm a, I'm an expert. Oh, well, that's good. Squatter. We all yeah. have our we all have our our skills. I'm very proud of this. Apparently, there you go. Yeah, you have something to at least you have like something you can be proud of. Like this is a thing I do. I mean, I gotta have something. Yeah. Um. It looks. It was nice weather though. Like the it was. It was, was really nice. nice. Like it was like. 30 degrees during the day, but then it cooled off by like seven o'clock, nice. but it was never really like cold. Mm, yeah. Like I'm quite a cold sleeper when I go camping and I didn't even have like all my layers on oh, last wow. night, but like I enjoy like solo camping and like being by myself. I've like gone camping like in like the back country yeah. before where I just, just like find hike a spot. in with everything and find a spot and I'm like completely like secluded, totally fine. I was so spooked last night. Oh, really? And I don't know why, because I've never felt like that before. Hmm. But I don't know if it was just like, like the woods kind of being like right there, which is weird because I didn't feel spooked in the backcountry. Yeah. Yeah. But I was just like, every noise I heard, I was just like, what was that? Oh. (laughs) And there was something that I heard. Is that a bear? Yeah. There was something that I heard like bigger than like a squirrel, like Mm. like a decent sized animal kind of like come down off of like a ridge line into the valley, like behind my campsite and then back up over the other hill. And I could hear, I was like, this has to be a deer. Like it's that big. Hmm. I couldn't see the grass or the trees moving, even though I could hear it like snapping like twigs and stuff as it went. I could not see this thing to save my life, but it's like, there is something there. It's a ghost. Yeah, and um, then you hear like the coyotes all night out there, and there were a couple of times when I was camping before that like they sounded super close in the middle of the mm. night, and it's like I feel like they're on like the path out here. Yeah, um, and so then I was like, so I'm like as far out as you can go. Like, are they gonna come into my campsite tonight? Like, <laughs> Am I going to wake up like face to face to a coyote? So I was just so spooked all night that like by 10 o'clock I was like, I'm just going to get in the tent because I feel like tent will save me. Well, it at least like keeps me like. Keeps you out of eyesight of something like, you know, if something's looking for movement or something. Yeah. But even like I got in there and I got kind of all settled and I was like, I don't even know if I'm going to sleep tonight. Mm. I was so riled up. And I was like, should I just go like sleep in the car now? It was it was so weird. And I ended up sleeping and then I like woke up a bunch of times because I just kind of like sleep fitfully We're unsettled, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I was just like, what, what is going on? Does <laughs> something have me all in my head? I don't know. It was weird. Well, and then when you get in your head like that, it's, yeah. um, so I don't, this is probably a terrible story to tell you. No, please do. Well, two things. So, uh, we were on the highway, like kind of in the same area where you were oh, camping right, last yeah. night. And totally saw a coyote cross the highway oh, yeah? in front of us. It was a little, quite a ways past where the turnoff mm-hmm. to where you were yeah. camping was. But um, I said hi to you as we drove past. Oh, okay. The, well, there the, you go. Yeah. Turnoff. So I definitely heard it. I was yeah. like, oh, what's that? And then I happened to I thought it was a ghost. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so it's all my fault. <laughs> um, 
uh, I was watching TikToks last night. Just yeah. This was just last night, so it's funny yeah. that the story came up. And there was a woman telling a story about um, – she and her husband were camping and they were seasoned campers yeah. and they were, they were um, at a fairly secluded camp spot where it was like right up against bush like, yeah. like yeah. that too. And she said her husband um, was still at the campsite. He was like tying up their food in the bear mm-hmm. bag or whatever. Yeah. And um, she went like a ways into the bush to, I don't know if she was popping a squat herself or yeah. I, I can't remember. She said what she was doing. But yeah. anyway, she was quite a ways away from him. Yeah. And she heard very all of a sudden behind her, she, like she didn't hear any footsteps come up behind her or anything, but she heard her husband's voice say like a, a, like a little inside joke that they do to each other all the time. Like they just say this like one word little thing to each other all the time. And at first she was really mad because she thought that he had like followed her to like yeah. spook her. But And then she was mad that like you left our food unattended. Yeah. And then she looked around and no, he was still over there. So she came back and... She told him, and they packed up camp and got the no fuck out. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Holy it's like, shit. And a bunch of people in the comments were saying, like, oh, that's that's a classic mimic. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, if that's, like, a cryptid kind yeah. of thing or if it's more like a, like a paranormal like a, yeah, kind of like thing. Yeah, like a paranormal, like, elemental but, or something. But ugh, I fucking eat that shit for every, <laughs> every meal of the day. I Like, honestly, I was listening to, like, spooky podcasts last night, but I do that whenever i go camping oh. like once it gets dark like i can't like read or knit anymore so then i just like put right. on a, yeah. a spooky podcast so i was like listening <laughs> to a couple of things last night so it's not like oh that's why you got spooked because it's like no i always do that no so that's I didn't, normal yeah yeah that wasn't like i'm not usually spooked so yeah i don't know but man that i love that i just want spooky stories all the time just give me give me um, give me that even it creeped me out a little bit. That I'm was like, so oh good. yeah, it just Ooh, gave I me like that. chills. Absolutely. And and it wasn't like she was trying to go like, I have a spooky yeah, campfire yeah, 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 yeah. story to tell. She was just like, I have to tell you guys what happened. This was yeah. crazy. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah, I had a much well, I had a, a a nice weekend too. It's it's holiday Monday today. Um, yesterday we went to visit Tracy from Wisconsin. <laughs> what up Tracy from Wisconsin? <laughs> um it's my sister and her husband's birthdays are like the first week of September. They're like 3 days apart. Oh yeah, happy birthday. Um, yeah, so I happy birthday Sheila. Um it's actually her husband's birthday today, but uh-huh. it'll be her birthday on Thursday. Cool. Um so we went out there for a little barbecue. It was really nice. They mm-hmm. they usually do a barbecue on Labor Day weekend for their birthdays, but cool. we haven't made it for the last few years, so it was really nice to to get out there and see everybody. Awesome. Yeah, other than that, not much exciting. I've been trying to like fix my life by, you know, you're like this long weekend. I'll do it. Hey, I did like, my schedule. Vacuum some tumbleweeds of dog hair and do some laundry. Well, today. there you go. That's um, something. But yeah, so I'm trying to like get some systems and stuff in place just Ooh. to help me with some habits that I'm just never gonna build the habit to be a natural thing. So I need a system. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, that's a bit about it. That's exciting. Cool. Well, should we talk about some reverse movies on this reverse horror and love? Horror and love. <laughs> it just doesn't sound as it good. Doesn't, like we no. just like we like really like did the right thing by going love and horror. Absolutely, and yes. Horror and love. Horror and love. I 
picked a scary movie this time for you. Yeah. And in hindsight, watching it again, it's not a horror movie. It's, it's like a, a thriller. thriller. Yeah. Which a lot of horror people get really annoyed when like a lot of movies are marketed as thrillers. Because oh. then we watch it and we're like, well, that was a horror movie. But people don't want to like... Um, like market something specifically as horror because then it doesn't like get as much of a like a push from the studio or right, whatever. Yeah. But this people one, want a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. This one, yeah, I definitely feel like it's a thriller, but not a horror, but still definitely like fits in our oeuvre. <laughs> yeah. I felt so too. I'm like, it it's it's tense and it's there's like a couple kind yeah. of scary moments oh, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So I was surprised that you had never seen it. Um, there's two, like, I guess they're both probably thrillers that I watched back in like high school mm-hmm. that um, I always get them kind of conflated with each other. I so bet you're the same ones that I always get conflated um, too. Fatal Attraction and The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh, okay. I've seen The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Oh, um, yeah, and so I think I thought that Fatal Attraction was the hand that oh. rocked the cradle for a long time, and there was, like, one specific scene that I had in my head, um, so I had to Google it to figure out which was yeah, with yeah, it, yeah. and it was actually Fatal Attraction, ah, so, okay. yeah, I had it, uh, had it backwards, hmm. so. Did you know anything about it before you? Um, yeah, I mean, I had a good idea of a premise where it was, like, uh, Michael Douglas and Glenn Close? Yes. Yeah. And uh, they kind of have a an affair, and then she goes off the rails. Um, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. Yeah. That's kind of, like, all I knew was kind of just, like, really, like, high-level information. Um, I got the... I, like, always, always, always get this movie mixed up with Basic Instinct. Oh, yeah. I've never watched that And one. I was like, okay, I'm watching Basic Instinct. And then I was like, no, you're watching Fatal Attraction. And, like, just before I went to hit play, or, like, I think we had to, like, rent this one on Prime. No, I had to watch it on, on your Prime. Right, yeah. No, I didn't. I did no, not. I, no. Password sharing is wrong, people. <laughs> uh, I had to go back to our notes, our little list. Oh, yeah. I was like, I'm watching Fatal Attraction. But um, then I realized, I was, like, looking it up, and Michael Douglas is in both of them. Oh. And that's, I think, that's, why. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Michael Douglas screws another pretty blonde lady. Right. Um... <laughs> I, you know, I, I have, that's like a recurring, like, nightmare of mine is, what if I watched the wrong movie? Yeah. And especially a lot of the horror movies are, like, from this year, not this year, or, like, they have similar kind of titles and stuff, and yeah, yeah, I'm always, and I'm like, well, if that happened, we would just roll with it and talk about the, even if you haven't seen the one that I ended up watching, I would just tell you about it or something, I don't know, we we would roll with it. Yeah, we'd figure out something, (laughs) yeah. Um. Well, uh, Fatal Attraction was released in 1987. It was written by James Dearden, directed by Adrian Lin. It stars Michael Douglas, Glenn Close, and Anne Archer. Anne Archer got a Golden Globe and Oscar nomination for this hey, role. Hey, nice. Yeah. Um, it was had a budget of $14 million and grossed $320 million. Whoa. So it was big when it yeah. was released. Um, it has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 75% with a 72% audience score and a Metacritic of 67 with an 8.2 user. Um, a couple reviews I pulled from the time. The Washington Post said this is a spectacularly well-made thriller. It's an odd thing, really. The movie is sexy and at the same time a warning about the costs of sex. Mm. Um... The Boston Globe said Adrian Lynn pulls out the more 
more manipulative nonsense than Machiavelli ever thought hmm. of. Lynn stops at nothing to provoke artificial sentiment, sentimental feeling from the audience. Like the movie itself, the audience's reaction is only skin deep. So oh. he, they weren't whoever. I don't have the name of yeah. the reviewer, but they were not a fan. Oh, wow. Um, and Uncle Raj gave it 2.5 stars, and he said, Fatal Attra- Attraction is a spellbinding psychological thriller that could have been great could have been a great movie if the filmmakers had not thrown character and plausibility to the winds <laughs> in the last minutes to give us mm. their version of a grown-up Friday the 13th. <laughs> nice. Um, I have quite a bit of fun facts, mm. mostly Glenn Close re- related, but oh, I will save those. And one terrible piece of trivia that makes me so sad. Oh, no. But uh, I'll let you give me a synopsis. And okay. Throw those in later. Okay. Fatal Attraction is about family man Dan, a corporate lawyer in New York City. When his wife and daughter are out of town one weekend, Dan has a one-night stand with a woman with a woman named Alex, who he previously met at a party. Alex quickly becomes obsessed with Dan and does anything to stay in his life. She cuts her wrists, she calls his house, shows up at his work. In one encounter, she tells him he, she's pregnant and keeping the baby. Things further escalate when Alex completely destroys Dan's car and abducts his kid, taking her to Coney Island. Just when you think she can't get any more deranged, Alex kills their pet rabbit by boiling it on the stove and attacks Dan's wife. Dan strangles her in the bathtub and you think that's it, but of course she comes back again. His wife shoots her with a gun that we didn't even know existed, officially killing her. The moral of the story is the age-old adage, don't stick your dick in crazy. That was a chef's kiss synopsis there. Uh, So why don't you just dive right in and tell me what you thought? Okay. So my first thought there, it kind of opens on the family in their little New York apartment. And they're watching You Can't Do That on TV. Yes, I loved that. I love that show so much. Yeah. It was so good. Um, And then I was like, is this the same apartment as Eyes Wide Shut? And then the further the movie goes, it's like... Am I just watching Eyes Wide Shut? <laughs> never, no, I did watch Eyes Wide Shut a long, long time mm. ago, but I don't think it was in like a, like sit and concentrate and uh, watch the movie yeah. sense. So I don't really remember I only watched anything it, about it. I only watched it for the first time like a couple of months ago, maybe. Oh, really? So that's why it's like really like yeah. fresh in my mind. But but yeah, just like the apartment and stuff, it's like, yeah, I feel like this is the Eyes Wide, mm. Eyes Wide Shut apartment. So I love all the like subway tile all over the place which is a term a term i learned just last year when i was with you (laughs) you were like check out that subway tile i was like yeah subway tile i I know what that is i'm the one who's obsessed with diy so of course i would know that yeah yeah. i watch a lot of hgtv yes so the parents are uh getting ready to go out to a party and um they're kind of waiting for the babysitter to show up so the kids like all in their business all over the place and the mom is like like don't touch my makeup like you leave my makeup alone and like two seconds later right the kid has like lipstick like literally like in a circle around their face and it's like i would beat that fucking kid (laughs) if it like took my if like they took my lipstick and just like drew on their face because now like like the nice like shape of the lipstick you know that's all fucked up now and it's like just you're the worst (laughs) And then I was like, and now a four-year-old will answer the door alone. 
yeah. to live with a babysitter. Wild in. times. Yes, which we we later learned that it was a six year old. But and then it wasn't until much later that I was like, "Oh, this is a daughter." Yeah, I absolutely thought that was a son. Yeah, her little short haircut. Yeah, so which is to, like, yeah. hey, gender roles—they don't actually exist. Like, why? Why? I don't know why I had it so stuck in my head <laughs> that was a little boy. Because then, like later, like a few scenes later, they're like all getting in the car. And they're like, oh, Ellen, come here. Ellen, go there. And I was like, like, and I always watch it with subtitles. And so yeah. it said like Ellen, like E-L-L-E-N. And I was like, well, that must be a typo. Clearly the kid's n- name must be like Alan. Alan and they're yeah. just saying it weird. And then something else happens. And I was like, no, I guess that's just a little girl. It just seemed like a weird yeah. choice for that time period to yeah. have like, a yeah. kid with like short hair. And yeah. Yeah. So I was, even just though this quirky I was, little kid. Yeah. yeah. Like I was a kid with short hair. Yeah. Me too. Seven, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not like other girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, neither is Ellen apparently. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching and I was like, like, as I kind of like kept watching, I was like, well, who, like, has she ever been in anything else? So I did do like a wee mm. bit of Googling mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, it's Ruby Sue from uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Oh. <laughs> um, so then they go to this this fancy party, and it's like for a book release, I guess. I think so, yeah. And it's like, ooh, coming out with the casual racism. <laughs> right out of the gate, yeah. Oof. It's like, they're like bowing. And like, to be fair, like the guy who I think is like the author or whatever. Yeah. He's like doing some like very like pronounced bowing. Yes. And it's yeah. like, okay, but then... Like Dan and his his buddy are like, oh, what's this? And they're like bowing, like a mockingly. Bunch. Yeah. yeah, and it's like, fuck off. Like, yeah, seriously. even in nineteen eighty seven, this was yeah, gross. yeah. And then like, like to put it in the movie where like the Japanese actors like clearly know what's going on. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's gross. I know. I always wonder about that. I was watching. I was watching a TikTok. Are oh, you surprised? No, not at all. Um, there's this woman I follow who I wish I could tell you her name right now, but yeah. Um, she does a lot of like, kind of talking about essentially casual racism in yeah. in like pop culture yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she's been doing a whole series on blackface. Oh, okay. And there's an episode of Designing Women mm. where they're doing like a talent show, and they decide that they want to, um, at the suggestion of their one black friend do um, a song by the Supremes because Motown music is, you know, catching good, yeah, like it yeah, would yeah. be a good song kind of thing. Yeah. And it's like, yes, and, and you can sing it without being offensive. Like you can, you can yeah. sing music produced by black artists, but um, one of the characters got some like dark makeup so that they could make themselves and all of the rest of them are like, Hell no, we are not doing that. We want nothing to do with this. But yeah. she still goes ahead with it. But the they have the black character participate with it. Mm. And, like, be the one saying, well, it's not really racist because it's not, you know, like, he was, like, defending it, essentially. Yeah. Like, in this context, it's okay. And uh, And I just think, like, what a shitty... Yeah. Position to put that oh, actor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like so, how how must he have felt? And I mean, I'm sure I'm sure there are some people that do think that way, but like it's hard to Yeah. 
Oh, justice for Meshach Taylor. Right? Huh. Yeah, it's like things that like we look back on and it's like like even like the way you described, like they wrote it into the scene where like the actor like that or the character was like, No, I'm fine with yeah. that. And it's like the fuck you were like right? if that happened now, like the the like a black person would be like, no, yeah, that's not you're happening. not doing that, and we have to have a serious conversation about our friendship if you think that's okay to do. Yeah, um, and then the, she juxtaposed that episode with an episode of um, the spinoff of the Golden Girls where they had the hotel, and um, there was a spinoff of the Golden Girls. You didn't know that it was called what? Golden Palace. Sophia, not Dorothy, just Sophia Blanche and Rose. Yeah. Buy a hotel and what? they run this hotel. Yeah. Oh my god, this is <laughs> brand new information. Wow, I totally I remember watching it, but um. Wow. Oh shoot, what's his name? The actor from Hotel Rwanda. Don Cheadle. Yes. Oh, okay. He's in it, and he oh, plays like an employee of the hotel. Okay. And they they do a conference one weekend with. Like, essentially, the Daughters of the American Revolution. Okay. And Blanche is all in it. She's in the big, like, plantation yeah. dresses and stuff. And she's like, this is, you know, my Big Daddy, like. Oh, I forgot and, about Big Daddy. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so she's ha- trying to hang a Confederate flag on the reception desk. Blanche, and he, no. Yeah. And he keeps, like, taking it down. Yeah. And, and then, like, has to kind of teach her about why it's it's not – it doesn't just represent your yeah, fun family yes, history. Like, yeah. it's more than that. And, yeah, the whole episode is kind of, like, the back and forth. She refuses to get on board. And then I think in the end yeah. comes around, whatever. But, um, but yeah, so it was, it was, like, showing the two episodes in one video mm-hmm. of, like, this is how you handle yeah, that. Even yeah. it was a, a similar time frame, yes, right? Yes, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Anyway, that's crazy. Sidebar city. Yeah, right? no, that's that is crazy. And then like later in the in the movie, um, they're all like the gal I think the Gallagher's is the name of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, they're having a dinner party with uh the same friends that they went to the party with and they're celebrating something and something to do with the book. And so they kind of like mimic like fake Japanese. Yeah. They, they say something yeah. and it's like why are you like why yeah. are you? <laughs> Just, Why are you? Yeah, so because it's gross. 1987 and everybody was gross. Yeah. Ugh, I hated it. So there's something in here. Well, just several times throughout kind of the first half of the movie, they're kind of like showing this dog. And I was like, knowing that like crazy shit happens later, I don't feel good about this dog. <laughs> I was like, I just feel like this poor, this poor pupper. The dog makes it out unscathed. The, the dog does, which I was happy, but there was a fall guy for that dog. Right. Um, even, like, when, when Dan comes home after spending the weekend with Alex, and, like, the dog is just, like, sitting by the door, and it's like, yeah, because you were supposed to be home. Right. And yeah. so, like, the dog is hungry, has probably, hopefully, like, shit in your bed. It hadn't, <laughs> right. but, you know, like, that dog hasn't been outside yeah. all weekend. You jerk. Poor thing. Yeah, so he gives him spaghetti and meatballs to make it look like he ate spaghetti and meatballs. And it's like, I don't think your dog should eat spaghetti, of all things. I mean, my dogs might eat spaghetti. I just feel like all, like, really, like, long noodles would just be... <laughs> Roxy is the size of a spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we go into, there's, like, a a meeting that Dan has to go to with, like, the... Kind of, like, a, a fact, uh, like, what do you call it, like... Oh, yeah. They're like, like a deposition kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And uh, there's like him and some other people from the office. And then like the secretary is there. And this is before Alex walks in. And they're all just like BSing and like boys will be boying kind yeah. of thing. And the, and you can like the, sec- the secretary is just like, <laughs> I have to just sit here and yeah. smile because this is my job. But you could tell she's just like, I want to be anywhere but here. But don't you want to go back to the good old days? Absolutely not. All these PC people ruining everything? No, yeah, that's exactly it. It's all these blue-haired feminists. <laughs> the, the fucking right is obsessed with the fact that women have blue hair. If yeah. it's like, if it's like something to do with like a leftist like woman yeah. like doing something, it's always blue hair. Yeah. And it's like, what is, I don't, I don't get, I don't get like yeah, how like, they, yeah. It's Who the fuck cares what color somebody's hair is? Yeah, but it's always blue. um so this is where dan first meets alex and she's kind of like well no they meet at the party but then like officially introduced at this meeting because she represents the publishing yeah Yeah, she works for the publishing. yeah so they they first meet there and then he's leaving to go and presumably catch a cab or something and it's like pouring rain outside and so everyone's like opens up their umbrella and he's struggling with his and it's like you walked through a dry breezeway like the entire time before you got out to the street go back into right. the breezeway and fix your umbrella yeah yeah and you then don't go have to be out. standing struggling in the pouring rain. yeah like yeah. it's not like no i've walked like too far now to go back it's like just like take like two steps back yeah and stay dry while you're figuring out your fucked up umbrella so they end up going for a drink and then they end up like having a meal and then uh, having coffee and they just stay at this place for like a thousand years while they were waiting for it to stop raining. And then she's like, well, come back to my house. And then it's like crazy sweaty animal sex all over the house. And then sweaty samba club. Yeah. Just like, let's not, uh, let's not like relax at all. It's just like, Get up, let's go. Let's Get go as to sweaty a, as we can. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it has to show that it, this is exciting. It's exciting and it's just crazy all the time. Yeah. And then I wrote, oh my God, that poor neglected dog. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's hard not to think back about them. About him. So Dan finally goes home at like the end of the weekend. And he goes to like have a shower and they just like show his like his bathroom. And I think this might be a case of I noticed the weirdest things, but it's why does this shower have a ginormous frog on it? Yeah, I noticed that too. It's like, because it almost looks like a stuffy, but like, why is a stuffy anywhere near the bathroom? I think it's like a a balloon or like a blow up. Okay, but also why is that in your bathroom? I think, I think that the whole like tone of this movie is that this family, like with the three of them and this kind of quirky, weird little girl is like this just bundle of chaotic energy and like this tiny little New York apartment and and it's bursting at the seams with all this bustle kind of. Ah, okay. Yeah. It was just like, why is that giant frog there? What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) So then he goes back to Alex's house because she's he's like, I have to work. And she's like, well come over here and work. And he's like, I have the dog. And she's like, come over, bring the dog with you. And like just any excuse. So he finally goes over there and they're like making lunch or whatever. And I'm, and she has music on. And I'm like, man, it's always opera with yuppies. Right. There's something about like if you watch a movie in the 80s about New York, it's always opera. Yeah. 
I, you know, tried so hard to be into oh, opera yeah. because I am that yeah. guy, right? But yeah. I just, there's some operatic music, like the Duet of the Flowers is one of my favorite pieces of music, mm. but I think it's, I think it's from the Traviata. I could be wrong. Hmm. Anyway, um, yeah, I tried real hard to yeah. like it, and I just... Yeah, it's it's a very acquired taste. Like I know on the CBC, I I think they they still do. They used to all the time do like Saturday afternoon at the opera. Yeah, and it used to come on like right at the end, at, at right after uh, the Vinyl Cafe, and I would listen to Vinyl Cafe all the I time. Like the and then if I left the radio on, just like yeah, Saturday afternoon at the, at the opera would come on, and I'd be like, okay, time to turn this off. But I realized like I've watched a little bit of opera just like on TV, and I feel like it's like. It's something that I would go to and watch, yes, yeah. but just to like just listen yeah. to it, it's like this is this is a lot, and I don't want it. Yeah. Um, and then not knowing a ton about opera, the way they were talking about Madame Butterfly, I was like, "Ooh, is this is there a little bit of foreshadowing here?" Because like the way I think it's Alex like described Madame Butterfly, it's like mm, I feel like maybe we have some foreshadowing going on here. Oh yeah, it w- could be. I never. Uh... Yeah. And then we get to the point where. Uh, like Dan is literally like, I have to leave now. Like, yeah. goodbye. And I was like, and we flipped the crazy switch. <laughs> and then I'm just like, girl, you slit your wrist the wrong way. <laughs> I know. that's Well, and that's why he could bandage them up yes, and she's yes. essentially fine. And You're supposed to go down the road, not across the street. Yes. And I was, I was going to say that and then I'm like, is that, should Too I? Too bad. Here yeah. I am just saying it. <laughs> um, but I'm also like, I'm fairly certain it was an attention grab, so... Yeah, uh, when, when I first watched it, I was like, oh, they always do it wrong in the movies. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, no, she did it so that she didn't bleed out. Yeah. Yeah. We just, like, tie some bandages to your wrist and put you to bed. Yeah. Right as rain. Hot take. Yeah. I mean, unless the sex was really good, Michael Douglas isn't somebody that I am going to slip my wrists over. I feel like in the 80s he was, though. I'm I feel probably, like he was, like, yeah. a very sexy man in the 80s. And everyone, like, wanted to slit their wrists over him. <laughs> like, now... We're going to need a content warning on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, you look at him now and look look at him as, like... Because I, I had to do, like, a weensy bit of Googling. I didn't, yeah. like, you know... Go I too did that much for a moment your, in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, movie yeah. I watched, too. So I had to look it up. And Michael Douglas was... Our age when he made yeah. this movie, he was forty three. Um, so it's like looking at people who are forty three now and looking at people who are forty three in the eighties. Like they look like very different. Very, people. yeah. And yeah, and like at at no point in that movie was I like, yes, Michael Douglas. Like yeah. I would jump on that. Like yeah. it just. But yeah, that's a good point because I don't know. Looking back at any anybody in the eighties, I would have been like, yeah, let me hit that. Yeah. Other than Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Yeah. 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 I don't. I don't know. There's no one. Yeah. I'm sure if I put my thinking cat on. Yeah, probably. But yeah, there isn't any like big like movie that we've watched from the '80s where it's like, yes, that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um. So then, he he the like five minutes that he was home that weekend, he called his wife and he was talking to her because she'd gone out in the country with their kid to look at this house that they want to buy. And then yeah. I think they're like staying with her mom or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And, uh, and she's like, Oh, like the, the weather or something is bad or I'd have to leave too late. So I'm just going to stay 
and I'll come back tomorrow. And I think it was like a long weekend or something. Yeah. So we're just going to, no, it wasn't a long weekend, but it was oh. like, we'll come back on Monday, but like our kid is six, like she's not going to miss anything big in school. So I'll pull her out of school for the day. Yeah. Totally fine. So Monday is a regular working day and he just like, Dan just stays at Alex's house another night and then he like gets up super early and like just like goes home real quick or whatever. And I'm like, it's the next day. It's Monday. Why did you sleep over again? Like, like he just is like completely like, I have no control. Yeah. I just have yeah. to like stay here the entire time. And it's like, you can just say like through, through the entire movie, it's like you could have just said, this is a one night stand. Like I don't actually care about you that much. No, he, you had to have known going in. Yeah. He did do that a few times though. Like he did, but I feel like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she was very persistent, but like, like, especially in the beginning. Yeah. Like, like okay. Sunday morning, just go home. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so I liked how to make it look like he's been sleeping the, like at his house all weekend, he had to get into the bed and roll around and leave it all messed up. That's how you would know he's home all weekend. He didn't clean up after right, himself. I, yes. I was thinking that exact thing or leave the bed made and it just looks like you made the bed. Yeah. Spoken from somebody who never makes her bed, but. Um, I'm a different kind of gross where I don't like to sleep under my heavy quilt. So I sleep <laughs> I'm an 18 year old boy. I sleep on top of all my blankets with like, like my bed completely made with just a small blanket on oh, me. Well, whatever, whatever, whatever you're comfortable. I sleep with no top sheet just under my comforter. And I used to do like a duvet so I could wash the duvet cover. Yeah. And then it's such a pain in the ass to put a duvet cover mm. on. So I sleep with a comforter and like every couple of weeks I wash the comforter and I got two dogs under there with three, yeah. well two, because yeah. one sleeps on top of the covers. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, I sleep like no top sheet because it's just, that's too much work. And then in the wintertime, I'll sleep like under the mm, duvet. Yeah. But yeah, in the summertime, I just sleep with a, with a light blanket. Yeah. And I would prefer to sleep with just an Afghan. But since I got Hazel, <laughs> she insists on like eating all the pills off of yeah. an Afghan. And it's like, well, I mean, you're eating like what I would normally just take like a, like a sweater shave or two, but I don't think that your belly should be full of yarn. Yeah, so I not. guess I just don't get to use any of my Afghans anymore. <laughs> oh, Thanks. Hazel. Thanks, as you sleep so soundly She's next so to me. She's so peaceful and sweet right now. And watch me just poke the bear. Mm, that's what you do, though. Yeah. Yeah, she's been it's very like sweet. It's like a requirement of cat ownership. Yeah. They're sleeping peacefully, poke their nose. Absolutely, you have to. Um, And then my next note was just like, Hey, it's Herman Munster. Yes. <laughs> I saw his name come up in the credits, and I was like, oh, how much is Fred Gwynn going to be in this? Yeah, not a lot, but, yeah, but he's a notable there. amount. Yeah, yeah. And then these people, every time they have, like, a get-together or a party, it's always with the champagne. Yeah. And it's like, I, have to, I need to have more champagne parties. <laughs> Next episode, we'll pop some. Bubbly. We should, because I enjoy champagne. I know. Even if it's just sparkly wine, because it's not from the Champagne region of <laughs> France. I actually prefer Prosecco to, like, actual I champagne. I do, too, actually. So yes, I, I will enjoy Prosecco. I will fuck up some Prosecco. Um, so Alex calls the house when everyone is at home. I think it's during this party, actually. Yeah. Alex calls the house, and um, the wife, what's her name? Beth. Beth. She gets up to answer. And it's, like, people on TV to, like... Or on movies to kind of like show to the audience, like, there's no one there. Or like, no one is answering. They say hello and they wait far too much. Yes. Like, I'm like, hello? 
hello, and then I hang up. Yeah. Because chances are I don't want to fucking talk to anybody exactly. anyway. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you lost your chance. Goodbye. Yeah. But she's like, hello? 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 And it's like, hang up. Yeah. Just hang up. Yeah. There's nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> Alex meets up with Dan, and this is... This is an interesting plot point that I want to see what your thought is. Alex tells Dan, I'm pregnant. I, I think I just answered my own question. Alex tells Dan that she's pregnant and that it's his baby because she doesn't sleep around. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in 1987 technology, you know you're pregnant already? Yeah. So I, yeah. she Even she, in 2023 time. Technology. You no, it know doesn't go that. F- I thought no. there was a thing where it's like in two weeks, like you'll know if you're pregnant. It's uh, two weeks from your missed period. Like it's it's oh, all. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't know in two weeks from doing the deed. Well, I mean, some people might. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on where in your ovulation and stuff you are. I say this like I know shit about anything. <laughs> but but no, I yes I I have. Always suspected that she was never pregnant. Yeah. But I like how, like, how far I think we've come in terms of, like, how, what people, like, know about women's bodies. Where, like, he just bought it immediately. Like, oh, you're pregnant. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Whereas I would like to think now if you told a dude that you were pregnant after sleeping with him two weeks ago, he'd be like, there's no fucking way you'd know. I, I. I mean, I'd like to think. Yeah, I think that's giving guys a little too much credit. And if there's one thing I never want to do, it's give men any credit. <laughs> so then he's like, well, you know, I'll, I'll help you. Like, I'll support you. Like, I'll pay for the abortion, yeah. which I thought was, you know, good of him. And then she's like, oh, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep this baby. And he's like, oh, don't I get a say? And it's like, no, Dan, no, actually, you don't. Body. Like, she yeah. might be crazy and lying to you right now, but that's still, you do not get a say. Yeah. The, the biggest say you get is what credit card you will use if you are going to pay for her abortion yeah. if she wants one. And how much money you will give her monthly for the yeah. baby should she keep it. Yes. Because it took two to make that tango. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Like like I said, I don't believe she actually was pregnant. But if, if she had been, like, yeah, that's your consequence to deal with yep. whatever way she decides to absolutely. go with it. Absolutely. And she lives in... The sketchiest apartment building <laughs> ever. In the meat district. Yeah. Meat packing district. Yeah. yeah. But like, it's one of those things that I feel like you only ever see in New York where like the, the elevator that you have to take yeah. to get up, it's like a, like a freight elevator yeah, yeah. or something. And yeah, it just is like super sketchy. And he like. But it's such a cool loft once you get up there. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I get the feeling that like, maybe it's not. The safest building? Probably not, yeah. but I feel like it was very trendy to Oh, for sure. Yeah. District. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so then they show her, like, kind of sitting on her bed, like, spiraling or whatever, and she's got, like, a glass of wine and some ice cream and some chips and some Oreos. Girl dinner! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love me a good girl dinner. Yeah. That's my favorite thing when my husband works the, the late shift is, like, Boiled noodles with butter tonight. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> that was... So, I ate that, like, so much when I was a kid. Because, like, my parents would go to 
Buddy Steakhouse all the oh time. Oh my! And I would always, and I was always just be like, I just want spaghetti with just butter. Mom just ordered me spaghetti with butter, <laughs> and so that's all I ever got when we went to Buddy's. I like, I like just plain noodles with butter mm. and a little garlic salt. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm when I have pasta, I basically just have it so I can have sauce. <laughs> so I need to have sauce. But um, there is such like at least the YouTube channels that I watch, there is such a discourse about girl dinner right now mm. and how it like is further like pushing like the infantilization of like grown women and it's like okay so like we're talking about girl dinner now but girl dinner has always existed it's always existed yeah like, i've I seen remember... a couple bad takes on it yeah and it's like whatever you want to call it like just because we're talking about it now doesn't mean that like tiktok invented it yeah exactly like i remember being a kid when like because my dad was like a truck driver, so he was gone a lot of the time. And it was just like mom and my sister and I. And I remember like we'd have girl dinner a lot. Like yeah. when it was like even like when a parent was in yeah. the house. Like um, like crackers and pickles and cheese and like garlic sausage. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, that's that a That exact combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would we would have that for – my mom liked that kind of stuff too. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like whether you want to call it girl dinner or whatever, I um, – I've I've heard yeah people taking taking that same take of it being kind of like infantilizing some and I've seen some people using it as a like it's indicative of an eating disorder. No, it's I heard that just, too. Yeah, it's just I don't want to make a meal and I just yeah. want to have a handful of olives and some triscuits and a scoop of peanut butter and that's all I need right now. So why yeah. am I going to cook a big meal? Yeah, like it's it's like like when I am putting together. My girl dinner, I still look at like food groups. Mm. Like I could use like a grain. I need some protein. I need this and that, yeah. you know. So I still like curate it. It just doesn't necessarily go together. Right. It's if, not if a it's cohesive. On, like, if it's on like a, a toast plate. Yeah. And, you yeah. know. But I remember like I do think it's something like how women are traditionally like the, the, the meal preparers. Yeah. And so like when we don't have to like think too hard about something, it's like don't fucking ask me to like turn on the oven yeah or like cut vegetables or any of that bullshit it really is a you know i think that is probably the most accurate kind of take on it is that like if you didn't have to cook a meal because you've got a partner that you're mm-hmm. cooking a meal for, yeah. and I mean, you're participating in that meal too. Like it, once you start living with a partner, it creates this whole dynamic yeah. of like, yeah. this is, this is how you grown up. Yeah. And it's like, if I didn't have a husband to, to share a meal with, yeah. there would be lots of girl dinners. There would be a lot more girl dinners. And for me, the ultimate girl dinner is just a Bowl of cold cereal. Oh, yeah. Like, that's my girl dinner. Yeah. Like, I, like, live alone, but I still make dinner probably, like, four... Well, I probably, like, cook meals, like, three nights of the week and then eat those leftovers right. another two nights. And then probably, like, girl dinner, like, or girl dinner adjacent, like, a couple other nights that yeah. week. I... Yeah. And to be fair, too, when I when I lived alone, and if I lived alone again in the future, I, I like to cook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's super nice to not have to yeah and I mean I don't have to now my husband is a grown man he can feed himself yeah. if he yeah. if he wants but it just feels like the routine and the you know the what yeah. you do yeah but but yeah if I were to live alone I would still definitely cook myself meals but it would be much easier to just have those like 
yeah, girl dinners. Yeah. I remember when I was like a little bit younger and my cousin from Saskatoon was visiting and he must have been, I don't even think he was like out of high school yet, but like an older high school student. And I said something, not like girl dinner, but like I was making something that was like obviously a girl dinner. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just going to have this for dinner. And he's like, why would you have that for dinner? And I was like, because I'm like, tap, like this is this is all I want tonight. I want like just crackers and pickles and cheese. Like that's all yeah. I'm going to do. And he was like, why wouldn't you like at least make a roast or something? <laughs> and I'm like... Tell me your mom makes all your meals without right? telling me your mom makes yeah, all your exactly. meals. There's no way you're out there fucking making a roast for one. Yeah. Now that said, I will absolutely make like a roast turkey with all the trimmings. Yeah. But, you know, I'll also fuck up a bowl of cereal. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big difference. Like, you can have a hot meal that's a big difference between a pot roast and, um, like, spaghetti yeah, right, yes. you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. spaghetti is a, a a full meal. I wouldn't call that girl dinner, but yeah. it takes no time to prepare yes. and yeah. very little effort. So, yeah. anyway, yeah, holy no. tangent. No, no, I mean, girl dinner has been like such a thing in like the lexicon lately, yeah. where it's like, you know, it, it was a good. We need to give our takes on girl dinner. Yes, um, I did eat a lot of pasta when I like first moved out on my own. Mm. Just it's so easy and pasquetti all day filling. every day. Pasquetti. <laughs> Um, so we're seeing more of Alex just like getting like increasingly insane. And it's like, she knew he was married when they met. Like, yeah. What does she expect? Just like after, chill the fuck out. Yeah. After one weekend, I'm going to leave my right? wife for you. Yeah. Like, yeah. That is. So I feel like hot take. Alex yeah. gets a bit of a bad rap. Hmm, interesting. Um, but but that aspect of, like, how quickly it was, like, I just expect you to drop everything for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Glenn Close has been asked about that a lot. Mm. And she, she actually even took the script to, a, um, like, her psychologist. Oh, really? And said, you know, like, is this woman crazy? And I don't know what they were, but they said that she had two diagnosable things. Oh, <laughs> so, um, and there was, yeah, a lot of kind of back and forth about whether she actually was crazy or, hmm. um, she, Glenn Close has admitted that she would have rethought her portrayal of Alex because of her fear that the film's popularity might be contrib- a contributing factor towards mental health stigma. Oh. I would read the script totally differently. Uh, the astounding thing was that in my research for Fatal Attraction, I talked to two psychiatrists. Never did... Okay, so I've heard, heard two different things now. Okay. This, is a, this happened last episode, too, where, like, I've read two facts that tell me two different ah. things. In this one, she says, um, never did a mental um, disorder come up. Never did the possibility of that come up. That, of course, would be the first thing I would think of now. But maybe it's not Glenn Close that I'm thinking of. Maybe mm. there was somebody else that said that that they there were two diagnosable things. Interesting. Yeah, like mental illness never figured into my brain like when I watched her mm. like I never thought like oh I bet she has this or she has this. I just um my very less nuanced non-feminist take was that's a crazy bitch. I know it's and it's, it's like like through this whole movie I was like so against Alex. I was like you're crazy and you're obsessive and I hate you. Get out of here. And it's like but this is, mm, now I just feel like I'm just saying, like, bitches be crazy. I guess maybe maybe my take isn't so much that Alex gets a bad rap. It's that Michael Douglas 
gets off too mm. easy or like is too victim-y in this when See, it's like and even like watching this and i think i already said in another part in this movie the last thing i want to do is give men any credit <laughs> but it's like i i felt very like bad for him to this, yeah. this whole thing it's like yeah you made a mistake but like but it's ruining your life now it is, and, it, and yeah. it doesn't need to like yeah, it's it's, it's a fair. shitty thing that you did but like she went overboard yes. on that, you know. Yes, I, I will because like plenty concede. of people have like a, a one night stand, a, a, like a a tryst or whatever. Yeah, an affair. And it's like, oh, and like I feel like he was very like he felt very bad about. It. He was like, oh, I should not have fucking done this. Like this was a bad idea. Yeah, I. I think if she hadn't gone crazy, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have felt so bad about it. I think mm. the consequence is what he was feeling ah okay well 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 if it isn't the consequences of my (laughs) own actions (laughs) uh so yeah she like keeps like calling the house and like hanging up if beth answers or like calling the office or whatever so then for a while every time the phone rings he just gets this like long like stare and i was like dan could be a millennial with how much he fears the ringing phone (laughs) like don't answer it don't answer it don't answer it just text me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, can you imagine if texting was a oh, thing? Fuck, she would just blow up his yeah. phone. Because you can't get away from it either. Because sure, I could change my number and you can't text me. Yeah. But you can find me on Instagram and DM me. or yep. like yeah, You just could not get away from somebody. Yeah, yikes. You've got my Snapchat. <laughs> oh, somebody needs to make this move. Well, actually, they are making this a, a series now. Yeah, a series came out like a couple months ago, actually. Yeah, I think so. Um, not knowing anything about this movie really, other than like high level, like plot points, there's, um, I've keep seeing like, not so much now, but when it first came out, I would see like the trailer for the show all the time. Cause it was like, do you ever like watch YouTube? If you're watching like a fair amount of YouTube, there's kind of like, oh, these are the ads that like the algorithm has picked out for me. Yes. And so I saw the ad for the Fatal Attraction series, like a lot mm. for, like every other ad was that yeah. and it was like an extended ad it was like oh. two and a half minutes or yeah. something so I like most of the time just like skipped through yeah. it but the odd time I was like busy doing something and so I saw the whole ad and there's a couple of like actual lines in the series that they show in the trailer that are like pulled from the actual oh. like movie like in the um in the series I think Alex is played by Lizzie Kaplan oh. I think I love At her least that's who like, she played Janice in Mean Girls. Is that yeah. who Lizzie yeah. Kaplan is? Mm-hmm. Okay. And she uh, she says, I won't be ignored, mm-hmm. Dan. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that's like, she, she did the thing. Like, it yeah. was exactly. And then there was another line that she uses, too, that was, like, actually in the movie. It's like, oh, it looks like it's a pretty mm. faithful adaptation. Cool. I've also heard people, though, say that, like, if you watch this, you don't ever need to go to Pornhub again. And it's like, oh, I don't uh. want to watch anything like that, then. Well, Whatever floats your boat. Yeah, so I don't know. I am. I would be interested to see the series, though. To yeah. Kind of see how it adds up. Worth checking out. Yeah. Um. So, uh, they finally, uh, they're like looking at moving to the country. I think they actually they have moved to the country, or this they've bought this house, like in yeah. Westchester County Bedford, or whatever. I think. Yeah, Bedford. That's it. 
And so then now they move out to a bigger place. Uh, the kid is like, hey, like now I can have a rabbit because we have more, more room. And like as soon as he buys this rabbit, he like has it in his office for the day. Then he's going to take it home. It's like, ooh, I feel bad about this rabbit. Because I did not know what happened. Oh. That was a complete shock oh, to me. Oh, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> I, I did not know that happened. Because th- 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 throughout the whole movie, I was just like, something bad's going to happen with the dog. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that they actually had a rabbit, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you are, poor Benny. So he's uh, he's got his little rabbit in the cage and he's taking it to his car in like this parkade or whatever. And he stops to get his key from the, the lot attendant and he's not there. And he's like, oh, whatever, the key's here. I'll just grab it and go on. And he goes to where his car is parked and like, what the fuck happened to this car? I don't know. Like, like, like acid poured on well, it or something? It like, like it was someone like puke all over this car? Oh. Like, what <laughs> is it? And yeah, there's like steam coming out and it's like, well, whatever it is, that car's fucked up. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it was at about this point where I was like, 1987 was 35 years ago, but everything in this movie seems so like bonkers old. Yeah. Like all the... Like, when you look at, like, Alex's house, all the little, like, buzzers on the outside and, like, all the, like, light switches and everything just look, like, so ancient. Like, you're going to get a shock just touching it. And, like, all the little, um, like, switches and stuff in, like, the lot attendants, like, Mm, little, like, office and stuff. Like, that all looked, like, so old. And it's, like, 35 years, but, like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like that... Yeah. That long ago? I think for Alex's apartment in particular, because it was an old warehouse, like, converted, that it would have had a lot of those old, like, you know, it was stuff from 60 years ago. Yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, there's like, there were a couple, oh, here actually, I wrote, um, even just like, the cars. Yes, the cars. Like, like, it's like, oh, these are all like, fairly like, upwardly mobile, like, they're yuppies. Yeah. And then you look at the at the cars, and it's like... That was a nice fucking car at some point. Like, yeah. Like, are you driving a gremlin? Like, what is that? What, that oh, is... man, what I would have done for a gremlin. <laughs> My uncle had one. I loved oh, did it he? so much. Oh. Yeah. I went to high school with a girl. She was kind of like a friend of a friend of a friend. So we weren't like good friends, yeah. but kind of like knew each other. And I don't know what brand of car this was, but this was like a legit car. The back where it shows like, like what, like the actual like model is yeah it was le car yeah yeah le car was a thing <laughs> i don't know like who made le car or whatever but she drove a le car <laughs> that's awesome yeah <laughs> so just like every, every scene is just like oh i'm gonna out crazy the last scene and so she's like i think she like leaves him a voicemail or something and she's just like screaming at him and then and then she pulls the uh you must be gay. Yeah. It's like, oh, if you don't want to like have sex with this clearly insane person. Right. It yeah. must be that you're gay. I want to be with my wife. Obviously yeah. Gay. Yeah, totally. So that card got, so his card got totally, uh, totaled off. And when he's talking to, I think his, uh, his, uh, father-in-law, he's like, oh, damn these foreign cars. And it's like, <laughs> But your other car's a Honda. Like, it has nothing to do with it being foreign. It has everything to do with Alex being crazy. sabotaged? Yeah. It was like, a Honda is still a foreign car. Yeah. So it's, like, ramping up and ramping up, and they, like, they've gone 
um, out for the day or whatever. And then they get back in the house and uh, the little girl is like, I'm going to go see my bunny. And so like they show her running and then they show like Beth in the house and like Dan is doing something and it's all like switching back and forth. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. I, I actually, I said out loud, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God, that rabbit. Oh my God, that rabbit. Aww. And then she like pulled the lid off the stove and the rabbit was in there. And I was just like, ah. And it was like, I totally understand how you feel watching my movies now. Because <laughs> I haven't had to watch a movie like with like analytical Something eyes. Something traumatizing. Like that in a while where it's like, I really have to pay attention and like mm. think about what yeah, I'm watching. Yeah. So I'm like super like laser focused in. And watching it. And then it's like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it's like, ah, I just, I was not Prepared. expecting that because, like, I feel like that's probably a very famous scene. I was going to say, I'm so surprised you didn't know about that I because it is, like, nothing such a that. pop culture moment. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, when, when the girl was going to, like, the little, like, rabbit hutch to, like, get the bunny out to play or whatever. It was like, oh, it's going to be like covered in blood is yeah. what I expected. Like, I, I know this rabbit's going to be, like, be dead, but the context of how yeah, it's dead is... I figured it would just be like covered in blood and then she would like scream yeah. and like, then they'd show like a tree with like all like the birds like flying right. out and then just like the next day. I did not expect to see this rabbit on the fucking stove. That was shocking yeah. to me. Yeah. Grim. Yeah. Um... So Dan finally comes clean and he's like, okay, like, here's the deal. I stuck my dick in crazy. It wasn't the best thing I've ever done. <laughs> and uh, earlier in the film, Alex had shown up to their apartment under the guise of like looking to rent or buy their yeah. apartment. And so he's, uh, Dan says to Beth, you remember the girl that came to the apartment? And it's like the 36 year old woman, right? Yeah. Th that, that girl. I found it quite interesting that the main characters are like, she's 36 and he's presumably a little bit old. I know yeah. like Michael Douglas was 43 when yeah. he filmed that. So he's probably like 40-ish. Yeah. I find it interesting that like a movie like this was made with people of that age. Yeah. And like yeah. not like not a little like bit Not like 20s. Yeah. Yeah. So then for reasons, Alex kidnaps the little girl from school and takes her to Coney Island. Just to fuck with their heads, I think. So weird though, because then she just like drops her off and she's like, okay, like, what did the kid think? It was that, like, like, there's, what, yeah, what there's Alex not a lot of like, kid? um, backstory of like, how did she, you know, I'm, I'm your mom's friend or whatever. Yeah, there had to be some sort of like, yeah, but like, have you not taught your kid stranger danger? I mean, the kid just opened the door by themselves when they were living in the apartment yeah. in Manhattan. So apparently, this kid just is far too trusting for a kid that like, Lived in New York City. Um, I'm going to go back for one second to... Mm -hmm. uh, so when he finally confesses to Beth that he put his dick in crazy. Yeah. And then there's a scene where Ellen comes out of bed and she's got her little unicorn and she's crying. Okay, this is my terrible factoid that... Like, okay. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. So to get the desired reaction shot from the little girl... Uh, While well, she was witnessing her parents having an argument, mm -hmm. Michael Douglas was behind the camera bullying the, the so the actress's name is actually Ellen. Oh, okay. Uh, and threatening to take away the stuffed unicorn she was holding, saying, look at this stupid unicorn, I'm going to throw it in the garbage, which is why she begins crying and hugging it tighter. After the director yelled cut, Douglas immediately apologized and said he was only kidding and hugged her, but... 
in interviews, even years later, he said, I felt guilty about that. <laughs> and I did have a note where I was like, man, this kid's acting is like so natural. Because when she's standing there and she's holding him and she like starts like petting his yeah. head. And it's like, oh my God, that is like heartbreaking the way she's like just reacting. I was like, oh, it's so natural. And it's and like, I, well, yeah, because yeah. Michael Douglas is making her cry. Yeah, I know. It just was so sad. Poor girl. So Beth kicks him out. She's just like, get the fuck out of yeah. here. Like, I hate you. Please leave. And he comes home at one point after, um, oh, because after Ellen is returned from uh, her Coney Island outing. Yeah. And Beth is driving all over the place, like going crazy trying to find her. She gets in a car accident. Right. So then uh, Dan goes to the hospital and then he comes home to be with Ellen. And she's like, will you stay with us forever and he's like yes and she's like like forever and ever or something like that and he's like yes i'll i'll always be here with you and it's like oh i feel like something bad is gonna happen oh yeah i uh yeah he says i promise and i'm like i don't think that's your decision at this point in time yeah yeah (laughs) well and the way he didn't like say like yes i will be here forever he's like i'll be with you yeah so it's like regardless of what happens like i'm still gonna be in your life kind of thing but yeah like yeah but like the way that it was set up i was like Oh, is Dan going to die? I definitely thought that he was going to like, yeah, you know, something bad was going to happen. But then uh, Beth comes home and and she's like running a bath and he's like, oh, I'll go make you a cup of tea. And it's like, how fucking hot is this bath? Yeah. Like there's steam everywhere. It's like, did you just put on like just hot? I think so. Yeah. Because then even like she touches it and she's like, oh, that's too hot and runs just cold in it. Yeah. And it's like, well, no shit. Like. The entire room is, yeah. like, you're in a sauna right I mean, now. I like, like a hot bath, but yeah. Yeah, but I feel like her skin was going to melt off right? when she got yeah. in there. Like, seriously. And then my next note is just, she's in the bathroom! Because <laughs> uh, I don't know, like, where Alex came from, but they did the, they did the classic, like, close the medicine count and then you yeah. like, see her in, see in, in, the, the in the reflection. It's like, she's behind you! And then Dan comes up. Finally, he couldn't hear them yelling at first because, like, the... Um, the kettle was yeah. whistling and he turned it off and then he heard Beth going like, Dan, Dan, or something. Yeah. And then he goes up and he just goes like fucking crazy and he's right. like strangling her in the water and it's like super intense. I was just like, holy fuck, Dan. He killed her. And then it was all like really calm for a second and I was like, she's going to Jason Voorhees him. She's <laughs> absolutely going to come up out of that water. Yes. And, uh, and then, yeah, she like comes up out of that water and then like immediately Beth just like with a gun that is just like deus ex machina, just like, here's a gun I've just found that we've never talked about before. Bang, it bang, and she in, kills her. It is in one very brief scene. Oh. When they get home and and he's in his office mm. and he opens the drawer to check that it's there. Oh, I wonder if maybe I was just like looking away for a oh, second. Oh, maybe, yeah, it was, was just like, like a second. Because yeah. I was like, where the fuck did this gun come yeah, from? It, like, I'm they, glad you They do establish it. Okay. Because, yeah, it felt very, like, what is what is happening? Like, you have a gun? Okay. Yeah. I'm, good thing you do. Because, <laughs> yeah, Beth just, like, takes her. And I'm glad it was, like, Beth that got her. Yes, me too. Because I feel yeah. like it would be a very different, like, tonally very different yeah. if, like, Dan had killed yeah, her. Yeah, like, she, she deserved that moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then that's kind of, like, the end, like, right there. It was just, um, like, very abrupt. Like, the cops came and, like, the ambulance assumed presumably like took Alex away and it's like and neither one of them got arrested or like brought in for questioning no I think there is a like kind of 
very subtle conversation with a police officer, essentially, that, like, they had enough proof of her stalking or whatever. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, I was just like, oh, okay, and we all lived happily ever after <laughs> from there. Um, I did find the objectification quite interesting that, like, the way that the women were portrayed in the film compared to, like, the way Dan was yeah. portrayed. Like, um, quite often, like, you would see um, Glenn Close's, like, breasts throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Or even at the end when uh, Glenn Close, or when Alex and, uh, and Beth are fighting. Like, just the way, like, Beth is completely dressed, but in the way she's fighting, like, you get a lot of, like, her underwear shots yeah, yeah. and kind of, like, like, directly, like, at her crotch kind of thing. Yeah. And it's, like, it's very, like, lurid compared to, like, Dan, who's always, like, you might see him shirtless. Yeah. But, like, kind of that's about yeah. it. Um, Glenn Close actually said that uh, she had no trouble doing the, the nude scenes because she felt that it served the plot. Mm. Yeah. It was just interesting that, like, yeah, yeah she quite often, like, was bare-chested, whereas he was very, like... Bare-chested or, like in something wet that was like yes. revealing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She quite often had like the the like the the headlights. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also like to kind of go with that, the um sort of juxtaposition or like the um compare and contrast between like the Madonna horror complex mm, where like mm -hmm. Beth was the Madonna and then like Alex was the whore and it's like you can have one or the other. Yeah. But yeah. there are only there yeah. are two kinds of women. Because Pick Beth them. was like so sweet and pure and mm -hmm. loving and yeah. Yeah. But uh, overall, I gave it seven butcher knives out of ten. Nice. Speaking of butcher knives, yeah. Glenn Close still has the knife that she used in the movie hanging in her kitchen. Oh, cool. She said, it's beautiful, made of wood and paper. It's a work of art, and it's nice <laughs> for our guests to see it. It lets them know they can't stay forever. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, wood and paper, that's interesting. Yeah. I have a couple other little factoids that I'll tell you, and then we can move on to the next one. Her uh, Glenn Close's performance as Alex was ranked as number seven on AFI's 100 Years, 100 Heroes, and Villains. Oh, cool. Um, it was the highest grossing film of 1987 worldwide wow. and the second highest grossing film in the United States. The highest grossing film in the U.S. this year was Three Men and a Baby. Oh, wow. Um, and it was very close, apparently. Oh. The last fact I have is um, actually during a reshoot of the ending, Glenn Close suffered a concussion uh, during one of the takes. Oh, yikes. Um, her head was smashed against a mirror, and she was rushed to the hospital where she discovered that she was pregnant. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, she was a few weeks pregnant, so just newly, newly pregnant. Yeah. And uh, she um, was quoted in, an auto or in a biography saying that being dunked repeatedly in the bathtub water for hours to this day uh, she says she can't watch the ending it makes her uncomfortable because oh. of how much she unknowingly put her unborn daughter at risk oh from the yeah physically demanding shoot yeah for sure yeah well that's wow. good i'm glad you uh you liked my pick for something yeah a no it different. was good yeah i'd like never seen it kind of like i knew of it but it was never really on my radar yeah like at all so i was like I was like, oh, I don't know about this. Like, we'll see. But yeah, mm -hmm. I, I quite enjoyed it. It was really good. Right on. Yeah. So moving on to my pick for the Bizarro Love and Horror. 
But was it? But was it? But was it what? My pick? Yes. Was it bizarro? Yes. Well, it was bizarre. <laughs> what I'm getting at is maybe this was a horror movie too? <laughs> well, hey, you know. It's my pick, so everything that I pick has a little yeah, bit of... Yeah, even when it's not a horror movie, <laughs> it's got a certain edge. <laughs> so I had you watch Drop Dead Fred. Did you know anything about the movie? Um, I knew it was like an imaginary friend from somebody's childhood coming back in their adulthood, essentially. Yeah. And I was very familiar with like the look of it. I knew oh, what Fred okay. looked like. I've seen yeah. lots of like memes and stuff that, that he's in it. And I've yeah. seen previews and I've probably seen a clip here or there but yeah yeah so so i knew very much what it looked like yeah but, yeah um, but i didn't really know any details of the yeah. plot yeah my sister and i watched this movie all the fucking time and like so it came out oh, like it came out in 1991 so i was 11 and she was like five <laughs> like wrong parenting choices all over the place. Yeah. Because, like, when I, mean, I was but, five, I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. So, like, both of us and just, like, yeah. you know. My parents let us watch Spaceballs. That'll always be the one I go back to. That it's yeah. like, now that I watch it as an adult, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. But as a little kid, I didn't know. I, I didn't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, Drop Dead Fred is a 1991 movie. It was directed by Eight DeYoung. Um, first name is spelled A-T-E. Oh. Eight the young, I don't know. Um, it stars Rick Mail, Phoebe Cates, and Carrie Fisher. It had a budget of six point seven million dollars and went on to make fourteen point eight million dollars. Mm-hmm. It had a twenty-five meta score and a five point one user score. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it was eleven percent on the tomato meter <laughs> and seventy-seven on the audience score. And I would like to say that is a higher percent on the tomato meter than Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, <laughs> which that one had an 8 on the tomato meter, so it's better than that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find anything from Uncle Raj. Um, he was like, I'm not even reviewing this <laughs> even movie. Touching this However, one. on Siskel and Ebert's, uh, like on, I think it's just like on SiskelandEbert.com or whatever, they did say this was one of the worst films of 1991. <laughs> Um, Empire Online gave it two stars out of five and it said there is scarcely a laugh to be had unless you are six years old or immoderately fond of such wheezes as depositing dog poop on a white carpet and it's like well hi I guess I'm six years old then because that movie's fucking funny (laughs) I feel like this is really an exercise in what you found funny when you were a kid like I it's like we've talked about this before I wonder if you were watching it for the first time with today's mm. eyes. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely had some of your movies like that, too, yeah. where you're like, I loved it as a kid, and then I watch it, and it's like, this but is why? fucking dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the LA Times... I mean, not not to be a spoiler, just yeah. saying. Well, I mean, I, you know, I can guess what your <laughs> reaction would be. Um, the LA Times said, the trailer suggests an attempt to ape Tim Burton's Beetlejuice, a movie that had a mad improvisation improvisatory feel a loosey-goosey cartoonish frenzy but this movie for all its bright moments misses that one's manic inventiveness by a mile drop dead fred is an erratic stab at making madness sensible a slapstick nightmare that goes too sane that tries too hard to be both good and rotten and it's like watching like i've seen this movie like a hundred million times but watching it 
just this past week, it's like, ooh, I get very Beetlejuice vibes from it. I never this time. Yeah, I never specifically like the dream sequence near yes, the end. Yes. That felt very yeah. Beetlejuicy. I, I never thought of that while I was watching it, but I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have a few fun facts, but why don't you go ahead and give me a synopsis? All right. So a young woman, Lizzie, has a terrible day where her husband leaves her. Her purse is stolen, as is her car, and she loses her job. This sets into action her childhood imaginary Fred, friend, drop-dead Fred, who she hasn't thought about for years. He comes back into her life to make her happy again by creating absolute chaos. He gets her in all sorts of trouble, ruining her mom's carpet, sinking her friend's houseboat, all thanks to Fred, and maybe a few of her own questionable decisions. Uh, as she's trying to win her husband back and regain some normalcy, Fred continues to make every situation she finds herself in chaos. She tries to make Fred go away by taking some green pills prescribed to her to turn off that part of her brain, if only that were a thing. <laughs> uh, but Fred doesn't go down without a fight. And as she feels her life getting back to normal with less interference by Fred, she comes to the realization that she has power in her own life to stand up to her mother and realize that her husband is not good and leave. Um, and having accomplished his mission, Fred is ready to leave Lizzie and move on to his next friend. But has Lizzie seen the last of his antics? Mm. So Robin Williams was originally offered the role of Fred. I could see that. Yeah, but he turned it down to be in Hook. Oh, a movie I have a not seen. Better choice. Really? I haven't seen Hook. Really? Oh, now we've got ideas going mm-hmm. on here. <laughs> um, and then for the role of Lizzie, it was originally offered to Winona Ryder. Oh. And she turned it down because she didn't want to be uh, typecast as like the weird girl. Yeah. And it's like, well, Winona Ryder. You are the weird girl. You kind of did it. And then to, um, the reason they did that, because they saw her in Beetlejuice and they're like, oh, she'd be perfect. Yeah. And they originally offered the script to Tim Burton to direct, oh. and he turned that down. Hmm. So they were kind of like, fine, we'll make our own Tim Burton movie then. I mean, but but maybe maybe good, because then it would have really just felt like a remake of Beetlejuice. Yeah, it's, it's weird that I've, like, never picked up on that. Like, watching it now, it's like, oh, this very much feels like Dollar Store Tim Burton. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead? I, I do have a couple other... Uh, things that'll probably come up as we're talking, but why don't you go ahead and give me all your thoughts and feelings on Drop Dead Fred. Um, So I have right off the bat, I love the opening credits. I love elaborate opening credits. Yeah. 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 yeah, There are some movies that just do it so well. And I I enjoyed the like little kid drawings and stuff. And how like some of the words were spelt wrong. Yeah. 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 Yeah, All like crayon drawn and stuff. Yeah. Um, So, I, the way that I pictured it in my mind Mm -hmm. was that we see like her childhood growing Mm. up and then cut to now. And I, I, so at first we didn't see much of the little Lizzie at all. Yeah. And, um, I was like, I expected to see more of like the childhood stuff. And as it turned out, like it cuts back and forth You see some flashbacks. But, um, yeah. So I was like, oh, we didn't see much of her when she was little. So then we see her current day and. She's trying to go confront her husband and tell him it's fine he cheated on her. She just, yeah. this is important and we need to stay married. Yeah. And spends the most of the movie feeling that way that like, yeah. this dick treated me like shit, but I have to win him back. Yeah. It's like, well, I probably can't do any better. So I guess I'll yeah. just find a way to stay with him. 
who and he's another one who's like at that time that actor like he was a catch yeah. and i'm like mm, he does not yeah do that like me. he's just like, the kind of guy that you look at him now and it's like you're just i haven't slimy. said a single word to you and i know you're an asshole yeah exactly yeah. um but she's so she's pulled over at a payphone talking to her friend and i'm like wow payphones right <laughs> and then we see somebody smash her window and steal her purse and you think oh poor girl and then the next person by like what city is this in that she's just like Everybody that walks by is going to just steal your shit. Yeah. Like it is in Minneapolis. Oh, which it like doesn't seem like crimey crime town. Yeah. I have no idea. But yeah. Um, but I'm like, oh, poor girl, her man, yeah. her purse, her car. And then I'm like, oh, and her job. Yeah. All that she has left is her sick fashion sense. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I'm like. I don't know if it would be up to the judge to fire her. Yes. And was, like after only one offense, like that was not a fire. Like, like in the middle of court too. Yeah. Like, oh, you're fired. It's, yeah, like, it's no, like, she has to go to HR. She has to go to HR and there needs to be somebody there to record the court yeah. proceedings. So yeah, yeah I was just like, like mm, that. They're not just going to dismiss because they don't yeah. have a stenographer. I mean, maybe the, the eighties was a different time, but I mean, the eighties was a different uh-huh. time. I can't, I don't even know the context of this quote, but someone said, pain makes you interesting. And I'm like, um, (laughs) I must be really interesting then. Yeah. Uh, She goes, so she, after all this terrible stuff happened, her mom comes and like packs her up and says, you're coming home with me. Yeah. You know, and not like I'm a grown woman and can take care of myself or anything. Yeah. Because even when she's talking to her friend on the phone, she's like, I guess I'm going to stay in the apartment. Like she's, yeah, she's sad, but she's like not... This is something that was kind of consistent throughout the movie, too, where there are things where, like, bigger emotions would have been justified mm. in this situation. Yes. She's like, oh, I guess I'll just stay in the in the apartment. Yeah. And it's like, you could, it would be okay if you were a little hysterical in this moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like she must have had, like, a whole, like, childhood and, like, teenage years of having to, like, regulate her emotions. Not even regulate, but, like, stuff them down so yeah, much. Yeah, Like, maybe. her mom didn't make a big deal out True. of it. So it's probably just like, well, I just can't really react to that, so that's but, fine. But even like, even, and I mean, this is jumping ahead a little bit, but even when she sinks her friend's house, <laughs> her reaction to that is like mild annoyance. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oopsie, sorry. But but even like the friend whose house she sank, oh, she's yeah, like, yes, she's yes. like, oh, that sucks that you sunk my house. What the hell? <laughs> like, I you would have been flying off the handle. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that I totally expected her to just like freak out and be like, I'm never speaking to you again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so she's back at her mom's house and her mom has made up her childhood bedroom, which is just all pink. And I yes. love it. Yeah. Um, it's got this, gra- I don't know if you noticed, but like in the one corner, there's a radio that looks like a radio, like from the fifties. Yeah. It's all like, like the cur- curvy yeah. and curl. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Um, so have I ever told you, sidebar here, that my nickname when I was growing up was Fred? I think you have, yeah, yes. My dad called me Fred until the day <laughs> I was 16. He'd be on the phone with, with a buddy whose place he was going over to for a drink, and he said, yep, me and the youngest girl, Fred, are just on our <laughs> way over. And, and then when I turned 16, he stopped calling me oh, Fred. And it's like you're not I, Fred anymore. Yeah, he's like, you're too old to be Fred anymore. And I was you're like, but I want to be Fred. I wanna, I'd still love to be Fred. Does he ever, like, call you that? Like, no. 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 Just, like, I don't think I've ever. Yeah, it, it really was just. Aww. Yeah. And it, I always laughed. It's like, he, my nickname was Fred because it can be said in a burp. 
<laughs> um, I, and I always, you know, it's funny, like, I, even as a little kid, like, I loved that my nickname was Fred. Yeah, like, it yeah. was, and it was only really my dad that called me Fred. Yeah, so it was yeah. just, like, our little thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, I was the tomboy. I mean, like, I, I, I've always ridden the line between girly girl and tomboy, yeah. but I was the one who was going to go fishing with my dad. And mm-hmm. even when I was born, my mom had some complications and the doctor mm-hmm. said, like, you need to decide right now if you're going to have any more and oh, wow. do it quick. And uh, mom asked dad if he wanted to try again for a boy. And he said, girls can fish. Oh, there you <laughs> go. yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, hmm. that's my little, it's always been my, Aww. my thing with Fred. my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like a little creeped out that like Fred, the imaginary friend, was a grown man when yeah. Lizzie was a little yeah, girl. Yeah, that is creepy. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, that's that's slightly unsettling. Especially because we see in a couple scenes that Fred is a fucking perv. <laughs> He's very inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for a second, when I was like getting ready to watch this movie, because my sister and I watched it as kids, I was like... Is this a dumb movie to be watching? Like, this is a kid's movie, like, even though, like, we watch kid's movie. I was like, I don't know. Maybe, like, it won't be as good because I'll, like, see it as an adult and I'll realize, like, oh, this is a stupid kid's movie. And then watching it, I was like, this is not a kid's movie. I actually movie. have that written down. This is not a kid's movie. I always thought it was a kid's movie. They use the word bitch so many yes, times. Yeah. They call the, the mom mega the mega bitch. bitch. And I'm like, you squashed my head, you bitch. I did love that scene. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of claymation face that he had. My sister and I, I mimic that all the time. Like if we're like very like cartoonishly like wiping our brow, then we'll like wipe our brow and like go like further out <laughs> to like mimic how big our head is. We do that all the That's time. So funny. <laughs> I love when when you know something's from your whole life and you have little bits about it. And oh, stuff. we will quote like so many little things about this movie. Like watching <laughs> it, I was like, oh my god, that's where that's from. We say that all the time. Um. But yeah, so he shows up. Yes. Because Lizzie's sad and yes. apparently he needs to be there until she's happy again. Yeah. But he is instant chaos. From the yes. second he shows up, it is just chaos yeah. and it is so stressful. <laughs> it really is stressful, yes. Uh but I had to laugh at the like the sign to not walk on the carpet in the living room. I'm like, I had friends like that that had yeah. a like fancy living room that you were not allowed to step foot in and it's like this is not my life yeah like my aunt and uncle do have like a fancier living room and then a like hanging out and watching tv living room you still go into the fancy room but like you don't spend a lot of time in it everything in that room is like ivory um my in-laws too um particularly like before my mother-in-law passed away and and um the way that she had it set up there was like the and this is like I grew up in a one living room household, so I have never figured out the difference between like the family room and the living room. Like I go to somebody's house that has two living rooms, and I'm like, and they'll say, "Go to the family room," and I'm like, "Okay, what's that?" Yeah. And I still, as a 43 year old woman, haven't really figured it out. Or yeah. some people will say like the living room and the den. Anyway, to make a short story long, yeah, my mother in law did have the house decorated in very much like there was like the family room, mm-hmm. TV room, yeah, comfy recliner couches and a big TV, and yeah. then there was. Like the fancy living room where she had floral couches and and cushions and pretty yeah. vases and stuff, but they used them both. Like yeah. for sure. Like if you were going to watch TV, obviously you were in the room with the TV. But mm-hmm. but it was never 
uncomfortable to go sit in the mm. in the fancy living room. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had I had friends growing up where it was like literally you are not allowed to step foot in oh, this. And I'm like, yeah. why would you have a whole area of your house you're not allowed to use? Yeah, like, so weird. Like I, my my grandma had like the house that she lived in like when all my aunts and uncles were growing up, and like I basically grew up there for like the first yeah. ten years of my life. She had like it was like a living room and then the front room, mm. and the front room like both rooms had a TV in them, and it was like e- either room like if you want to go in and watch TV like. Either one were like as equally as comfortable and homey. Yeah. We quite often would go into the living room, but then if like everyone was like say watching TV in there and you wanted to watch a movie mm. that like no one else was watching, like you'd go into the front room kind of thing. I remember like my auntie had a party once. She was like allowed to have like a very like low key party, yeah. but like everyone went into the living room and that door shut, and then like the mm. rest of the house was like kind of off limits. So yeah, it wasn't like a fancy room and a non fancy room. It was basically just like. Two living rooms. Yeah, and one was kind of more the default than the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. Um, I mean, I get wanting to keep your stuff nice, but for sure, but, yeah. But it should still be livable. Yes. Anyway, yeah, that's absolutely. just my like lower middle class perspective there. Yeah, right? and then like to get further, you know, to to out lower middle class you. Um, so many people, especially now, like if they smoke, they'll like go out on like on their balcony oh, yeah. or outside or whatever. And my parents were like, I live here. I pay rent. This is where I live. I'm smoking right oh, here. Yeah. And yeah. then like the house was just like disgusting. At we, times. yeah, we, my dad smoked in the house mm-hmm. my entire childhood. It wasn't until they were in their current house and had been for enough time for me to not be living there anymore mm-hmm. that my dad quit smoking. And yeah. Like definitely didn't realize it at the time until it wasn't a thing anymore and now you're around people that smoke inside and you're like what yeah it's like were you born in a barn like yeah, why it was why so, are you smoking in the house yeah it was so normal back then but yeah yeah and i mean like my childhood was like the living room was the living room but it was like brown carpet and like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't it was very nice for the time, sure. but it was yes. not precious. Yeah. There was nothing precious, like nothing precious. Yeah, yeah And it's, yeah. it's the same in my house now. Like we have three dogs. They go everywhere. I like to keep my place tidy-ish yeah. and like I like to have nice things, mm-hmm. but there's nothing precious. Yeah. Like, you know, my cat goes on the furniture because whether I want her to or right, not, yeah. my cat goes wherever the hell she yeah, wants. But yeah, there's nothing here where it's like, oh no, don't touch that. Or like yeah. even half the time, like... You don't need a coaster. I grabbed a coaster today because I had uh, a cold brew and, mm. the, and the glass sweats. Yeah. But it like if it's just like a cup of coffee, you don't need a coaster. I do use coasters because, yeah, I drink a lot of stuff that ends up sweating. Or I yeah. drink coffee a lot and I spill it a lot. Uh, and yes. I have some wood furniture. So it'll legitimately yeah. wreck it. Yes. But yeah. This is all like Arborite and it's like three generations. So it's like whatever. Also because sometimes I have some cotton yarn and I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I'll crochet a coaster. So there I you have... Go. Lots of coasters. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah. yeah. We did have a, like, 70s orange and brown rec room downstairs, though. Everyone had a 70s orange yeah. and brown something. Yes. Yeah. We all had, like, the same couch when we were kids. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, anyway, so. Yeah. Whole diatribe on, yeah. on you can't walk on her carpet. <laughs> um, I did also, just to, like, add to that, I found it interesting that, like, the mom lives alone. Why is there a sign there? Like, like, who are you telling not to walk on this carpet? Like, you don't... No one lives there. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, true. So, like, what, what are you doing? 
Um, maybe she put it up just when she knew she was bringing yeah. Lizzie home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so Lizzie's trying to kind of tell her mom that that she's seeing this drop dead friend yeah, again. Yeah. And she's like, "Do you remember when I had this merit imaginary friend?" And she hadn't said his name, and she was trying a couple times, and the mom says, "No, I don't remember drop dead friend at all." Yes. And it's like, "Oh yeah, you <laughs> yeah, do. You remember." Um. And then, oh my God, the upskirt. Yeah. So twice in this movie, he looks up somebody's skirt, and that's where I'm like, this is not a kids movie. Although. John Candy looks up women's skirts in Splash, so. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Not to, like, the degree that Fred no, does, though. No, yeah. Um, My sister and I will quote that all the time, though. If, like, we, like, see, like, if we're, like, cleaning and there's, like, a spider web, we'll both go, cobwebs. <laughs> or if, like, I don't know, if, like, someone is, like, changing and it's like, oh, I'm just, like, going to go in the other room. Or, or, you know, if it's something like, oh, I don't want you to see me, like, changing my clothes and it's, like, um and i'm just like oh man he is stressing me out already uh and then like after the let's play burglars scene with the like the the little lizzie i've already got your sweater all striped for you but i'm like after that i'm surprised they didn't just commit that little girl right how, how did you not just lock her up um just a side note here, Charles is a piece of shit. Yes, yes, he is. <laughs> uh, yeah, much less a kid's movie than I thought. Hmm. Um, I really liked Lizzie and Charles's apartment. Yeah. It was a cute little apartment. There were some things about that apartment, though, that were like, oh, this was set dressed in 1990. Like, there was, oh, I can't even think of, like, specifically, but there were just some things where it was like, this was a moment in time yes, when you found yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. The kind of like, there were like this art, and I think it was in, in their apartment, this kind of like weird, like black and white, like line art kind of drawings mm-hmm. of like women with like yeah, short, spiky yes, hair yeah, yeah. that to me always felt like it should have been in, oh, I've forgotten the singer, but the um, Robert Palmer. I think oh, yes. was Simply Irresistible. Yeah. That's what those people looked like. And so it's like, yeah, I know exactly when this yeah. movie was made. Um, so sidebar here, did you ever have an imaginary friend? I, being the weird kid that I was, yes, but like I didn't understand necessarily the concept of an imaginary friend. Like I had them and I think for a brief moment, I like I believed that they were real or mm-hmm. whatever because they would like come with us places. I had two. um and you know like a normal person is like this is my imaginary friend jimmy or whatever i think it's because i didn't have a lot of like i didn't have any like kid friends Mm. until i like went to high school like i (laughs) I started really kids in high school (laughs) until i went to just regular school just (laughs) kindergarten Um, yeah, like I didn't really, I was like the oldest in like my Mm, family. I was like the oldest grandkid. So I didn't know any kids. So I didn't like really understand like the convention of like. Friendship. uh, (laughs) I'm still learning that. (laughs) But yeah, so I was like, oh, what are imaginary friends? Like what, what's the deal with them? So my imaginary friends names, and I don't know where this came from. It just like, it just, they sprung fully formed Mm -hmm. out of my brain. 
Doodoo and Spin Spawn. <laughs> I don't know why. That was their names, and they came with us all over the place. I distinctly remember my mom sat on one of them at taco <laughs> time. We went for taco time, and it was like, Mom, you can't sit there. Like, Doodoo is sitting there or whatever. That's so funny. I don't know why. They were only around for a little bit, and then I think they started school, and yeah, they, they went back to their home planet. But did you have Imaginary Friend? For as weird a little kid as I was, mm-hmm. I don't recall ever having any Interesting. imaginary friends. Hmm. Um, I feel like I probably like, you know, we were just talking about this the other day, um, how like you'll have an argument with somebody in your head and you're having both sides of a conversation. Yeah. I think I did that in like play, like I'd, mm. I'd play both sides oh, yeah. of a conversation, mm-hmm. but not to like a, somebody that I thought was actually, like that I th- could see or like, you yeah. know, was, was a real... Yeah, I think it was just the same thing as when you imagine both sides of a conversation. Yeah, yeah, you're just kind of like playing pretend and you're playing all the parts. And sub-thought, yeah. do you think that imaginary friends are actually ghosts? I think sometimes they are. I because think for some kids, when they like talk about their imaginary friend, it's like, oh no, that's like an actual kid. Yeah, because, I definitely you know, don't feel like mine were ghosts. Mm. Mine were just like... I don't even know what they looked like. I know they had weird names that they could have been aliens. Um, Yeah, because, you know, you hear a lot of, like, kids are closer to the veil kind Mm. of thing. And I'm like, I wonder if when a kid has an imaginary friend, if it's actually, like, a ghost. I feel like a lot of times it probably is, yeah. So now we jump back to current time. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to get away from Fred. So she goes to her friend Janie's place. Yes. Played by Carrie Fisher. Yeah. When I said earlier that I had to do some Googling, the like the first scene you see Janie and I'm like, she looks a lot like Carrie Fisher. <laughs> and then I Googled to see if it was. And like the next scene, I was like, oh, it's yeah, unmistakable. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah like the yeah. first time I saw her, I wasn't uh, 100% sure. So yeah, I, I Googled that quickly. Hmm. Um, <laughs> but, you know, for as much chaos as Fred causes for her, yeah. she stays at her friend's houseboat yeah which is a fucking paddle boat yeah like, so i mean that's kind of cool but i didn't i didn't realize i guess i mean it makes sense you can convert anything yeah. right? but that apparently was an actual like houseboat like it was someone someone's actual house that they like rented oh. out for the shoot so her friend has gone out and mm-hmm. she's still at the at the houseboat yeah and she thinks she sees her husband yeah go by on their boat which yeah. Maybe it was him, maybe it wasn't, but she's just like, let me fire up this houseboat right? and go chase him. First of all, he's in like a speedboat. You're never going to catch him in a yeah. fucking paddle boat. Yeah. Second of all, like you can't just pull away from the dock. It's got to be like moored and like anchored and yeah. tied yeah. up, I'm sure. Yeah. And also, even if she did like unmoor and unanchor it and everything, and she's like, oh, I have to go get Charlie. I would never be like... I'm just going to drive my friend's house, house away. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like, like you can blame Fred. For, and, and I mean, Fred does contribute to the yes. chaos of that situation yes. and the sinking of the boat. Yeah. But like, you chose to drive your friend's Absolutely. house into the lake. Absolutely. Or ocean or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like, did she just sink her friend's house? Yep. That is unforgivable. That wasn't even Fred's fault, I wrote. Yeah, because um, he's the pirate that doesn't touch anything. And then she's awfully casual about it. Like, she feels bad, and I'm really sorry, and I have some bad news. But, like, if I had just sunk my friend's house, I would be 
full on panic attack meltdown. I'm going to pack a bag and get in my car yeah. and I'm going to have a new identity and I'm going to live somewhere new Absolutely. and I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> like, I thought I killed your plants when I house sat for you and I was like, yeah. she's never going to forgive me. <laughs> um, this whole This whole movie was like an exercise in secondhand embarrassment. Aww. <laughs> I just was so like, I just cringed the whole way through. Every time Fred did something, I was just so, like it stressed me out so bad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm actually having a hard time oh, watching no. the restaurant scene where like she's trying to have this nice dinner with her childhood friend who is clearly in love with her. Yeah. And like, he's like f- flinging her hand around yeah. and stuff. I had a real hard Aww. time watching that scene. <laughs> um, so then... They kind of, her mom takes her to a, her child psychologist, I guess, who prescribes some green pills to turn off that part of her brain. But then she brings a nurse home too, which is like the most terrifying woman. Right. Um, And then we flash back to a scene from the childhood where they're sitting in the dining room and the mom is cleaning up the, the haircut that she, that Fred gave her. Yeah. Um. And the dad is the dad is much more lenient and like yeah. like let's not worry about all this. Yeah. But then they both leave the room mm-hmm. and she makes a giant mud pie and she makes a huge mess of the dining room or Fred does. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, why are you leaving this child unattended for for any amount of time right now? This is true. You clearly like think that this is a problem child. Yeah. So why would you ever leave her? Like, unattended. But then the mom tells her, sometimes I think I don't love you as much as I used to. Right? What the fuck? Yeah, like, no like, wonder your kid I mean, is, like, think messed it, up. But yeah, like. Yeah. Like, um, what an awful thing I to say I had real mixed feelings about the mom through this mm. whole thing. But that scene was, like, that, that line. You're fucking like, awful. Yeah, worst. Yeah. Um, I'm like, yeah, like, the mom is kind of a bitch. But you also got to feel for her. Like, her child is... Or presumably her yeah, child yes. is trashing her house like not just not just little child like kid misbehaving but mm-hmm. like chaos yeah yeah and like you know she's clearly like very highbrow and wants things to be a certain way mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. but like it's a little bit of a chicken in the egg. Like, was she so harsh because this chaos was going on? Or like, you Yeah, know? or like, you know, was was Lizzie such a handful because she just wanted to like get her parents' attention and get someone to just yeah. like kind of like get on her level and like play with her and yeah. not, you know. Yeah, I don't feel like that mom did a lot of playing. No. But um But yeah, I was like, okay, like clearly she's she's a bit of a controlling bitch, but Like, the way Fred and Lizzie talked about her, it was like she was some horrible, abusive, like... Mega bitch. It was... it was, And I mean, it's through a kid's eyes, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah. But yeah, yeah I was just true. like, she's pretty normal, actually. Yeah? I feel like she's very, like, overbearing. Very overbearing, but that's... I mean, that's normal. Yeah. There's a scene where... Um, Oh, after after the incident in the dining room and they tape Fred up in the box and yes. he can't get out now. Um, and Lizzie's in her bedroom writing a farewell letter or like yeah. a, a come back to me letter. Yeah. Um, that's all in just pictures, but they both can understand it. I thought that was so yes. sweet. Yeah, that's really um, cute. 
But she's sitting at the desk and she's got those little twists in her hair. Yeah. I, like, I, I can't even describe what they're made out of, but like. It's, it's, like, it's like really like floofy, like almost like, like roving. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like yarn in a twist. Yeah. And, and yeah, I just. I loved those. I loved them oh, too. So yeah. good. Um, so now current day Lizzie mm-hmm. uh, is breaking out of her mom's house and she's still just absolutely determined she's going to go get her husband back. Yeah. And so she gets Mickey, the guy who is clearly in love with her. and is Mickey cl- fought pants. <laughs> <laughs> He's like climbing a tree to try and get in her, right? like to try and like get to her. Yeah. And she's like, can you give me a ride? So he gives her a ride okay. to like, like poor guy. Yeah. I loved, so they go to this fancy party that, that Charles is, is hosting or whatever, mm-hmm. this wine party, wine tasting thing. And so Lizzie gets all dressed up in this beautiful dress she had picked out. And Fred is all dressed up too. And his hair yes. is all done. It looks like a cupid so doll or good. something. Yeah. I love him all dressed up. Yeah. yeah. That, that I, I really. And like. he's like, oh, I love your dress. You look like a great big bruise. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Uh, the doctor has prescribed her these green pills and she's getting more and more tired of Fred and wanting to just, mm-hmm. you know, ignore yeah. him. So she keeps taking these pills, like, almost like, in your face, I'm going to take yeah. another one. Yeah. And I'm like, the green pills? Is that kind of like the red and blue pills? Yeah, right. I've been green-pilled. And it's like, I get that Fred is better than Charlie, but Fred is not good. Like, he's not yeah. good for her. Yes. Like, yeah. I feel like this movie is trying to make you feel a certain way, and mm-hmm. I don't feel that mm. way. Like, um... You're supposed to root for Charlie, but, like, or not for Charlie. You're supposed to root for Fred. Yeah. But, like, Fred can go fuck himself. <laughs> Literally drop dead, Fred. Right. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, Charlie has decided to come back to mm-hmm, Lizzie, mm-hmm. but he's apparently still cheating on her with Annabella. The, I'm your fella, Annabella. That's exactly my next line. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm your fella, Annabella. <laughs> Barf. Right? Um, and then we have this scene where, like, yeah, she goes into, like, the other realm yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, I didn't see that coming. No, I like, I kind of forgot that that scene had happened because I hadn't seen this movie in, like, a few years. And, um... Like, only watching it this time around, I was like, this is a very out-of-place scene. Yeah, I felt like, is this about to be, like, a Christmas carol? Is he going to show her what her life would be if oh. she stayed with him or versus whatever? Yeah. Um, and then, kind of at the, the end, my last actual note here is, is uh, Lizzie, kind of at the end when she comes back and gives her mom a hug and whatever. Mm-hmm. She says, you have to stop treating me like I'm the enemy. And I'm like, kind of goes both ways. Yeah. Yeah. Like as an adult now, and you see all the chaos that Fred has created, like, I feel like that should garner a little sympathy for what your mom went through. Like even, even, um, and maybe like you said, maybe she's just had to push down her, her emotions so long, mm-hmm. or maybe it's just not that deep and it's just maybe not a well thought out movie, but there's lots of scenes where like Fred and Lizzie have done something horrible to her mom yeah. and have been like, okay, like I get that Fred <laughs> doesn't have any remorse about yeah, it, but yeah. like, like 
she the, the first night that she stays there and she comes in and sees the dog shit all over the white <laughs> carpet and her mom's like on her hands and knees scrubbing this carpet. Yeah. Like, I know I complained about having a room that you're not allowed to use, but yeah. also like, it's her room. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, she, she clearly wants it kept nice, so like... I would be on my hands and knees scrubbing the dog shit with her, right? Like, yeah, that's like she true. was just like, oh yeah, there's dog shit on the carpet. Like, like so much of just missing the gravity of the the situation. Mm-hmm. I read um a uh, a thing like just today, a kind of like a a read on it that um it's like a like a metaphor, or simile, or whatever. I always get this too mixed up. <laughs> Um, for like mental illness and like, is Lizzie schizophrenic? Yeah. That's why, you know, and so she's like, oh, I, you know, I've kind of only halfway grasped this situation anyway, so I'm not (laughs) reacting to it properly. But I do feel like it's probably more, this isn't a well thought out movie. I think so. Yeah. (laughs) I think it was just like a, hey, wouldn't this be fun? But I do really feel like, like it was trying to make you think that like, Fred's got such a good point that you just have to be free and do what you want and, yeah. and without any regard for the consequences to others just, or whatever. Just throw yellow paint on Grandma Bunts. It's okay. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, at that, <laughs> I actually really struggled watching this movie. <laughs> like, more than the scary ones. Really? Oh my God, that's yeah. amazing. It's so funny. I was like... So not expecting that because, <laughs> yeah, like any other movie that you've picked, I've had like a little, uh, and not so much anymore. Like uh, kind of there's, there's two different schools of, or there's probably more than yeah. two, but like in its simplest form, there's kind of two different lanes of movies in the horror. There's like the campy, yeah. Jason, Michael Myers, what do you want? It's a Michael Myers yeah. movie. And then there's like the, like... A24, like, like, or, you know, the, the more intense ones yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like the campier ones, I don't, I don't at all anymore have like a, a nervous to hit play mm-hmm. on this. Yeah. But some of the other ones I do, yeah. I did not expect to feel as uncomfortable <laughs> watching this movie as I did. I was like, oh. I could not wait for it to be over. Oh, no. <laughs> it did give me a couple laughs and, you know, like I appreciated Fred all dressed up for the party. It and was stuff. really good. Yes. So I did give it. Three out of ten green pills. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was interesting. Nice. It was, it was unexpected. Yeah, we, like, just so many things in this movie, like, watching it, I was just like, oh, my God, yes, we say that all the time. Like, when Ronnie still had her dog, when we had to, like, you know, take the dog on a walk and, like, clean up the dog poop, every single time dog poop comes up, dog poop, dog poop, lovely, lovely dog poop, all of the sides, all of the chair. <laughs> Every time we say it. You can't say dog poop without saying it. That's awesome. We'll be like, don't touch that. Okay, I'm the pirate who doesn't touch anything. Except for that red button. Yes. Oh, and then if we're like eating grapes, she did it, the lady with the grape. Just everything in this movie is a quotable for my sister and I. And I have so many other movies like that, so I can totally relate. Yeah. The ones that I'm like, I say this all the time and you're like... What? Yeah, yeah. Because you don't catch it if you don't know the reference. So. Yeah, I, I, like, I think the one I probably say the most is, I'm the pirate that doesn't touch anything. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, that's probably enough for 
one day. That's, that's enough Fred for you, eh? That's enough Fred for me. Did so. you ever, like, are you familiar with Rick Miles' like, no. body of work? He looks very familiar. Mm. So we He looks watched... a little like Michael Sheen, though. Oh, maybe a little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, he was in two shows, one in the 80s and one in the 90s, that I feel like used to be on, like, maybe on Much Music? May, or maybe, no, it was a YTV thing. Okay. Which, looking back, like, I watched a lot of, of YTV, so. So he was in a show in the 80s, like a like a sketch comedy kind of show um, called Young Ones. And it was about these, mm-hmm. like, four kind of, like, punk kids that lived in, like, a an apartment and just got up to antics. <laughs> and then he was a show in a show in the 90s with his, like, main kind of, like, comedy writing duo kind of guy called Bottom. And we watched oh. that all the time, too. And, like, that was another one that, like, we quoted... All the time to each other. And neither of those are familiar mm-hmm. at all to me. Um, there was, in Bottom, he played this, like, awkward kind of weirdo. And there was one scene, like, one thing that I just, like, stands out in my head all the time. He was trying, like, um, like internet, not even internet dating, just, like, whatever came out like before. Like, video dating? Yeah, video dating. <laughs> and I remember I was watching this one episode with my cousin Michael, who was over for, like, a sleepover or whatever. And so he was, like in the in the show he was like trying to make like his video and like just act natural and he was like being like the opposite of natural mm. and he's like hello um what what lovely sweaters you're all wearing and so we just say that all the time what lovely sweaters you're wearing that's funny <laughs> yeah they're 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 a couple of good shows so you could probably find them like online or something so you should check it out i liked them <laughs> yeah. But that is, we have now officially watched 100 movies. I was trying to think of how the count. Ah, 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 ah. I'm tired. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. All right. But true. So for episode 51. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. That was like, I don't know. That sounded like Miss Piggy or something. Mm-hmm. 101 movies. Um, yeah, so we are, does this have a, a no, theme? No, it's just okay, a free-for-all. I was like, how do these fit together? They don't. I'm sure we'll find a way yeah. that they do. Yeah, they, we usually do find something, like, at the end. It's like, oh, yeah, that. <laughs> Um, so I am going to have you watch Insidious. And I'm going to have you watch, <laughs> I'm going to call it Strike. Okay. Also known as All I Want to Do? All I Want to Do. Also known as the Harry Bird. Yeah, the... I remember when we were like looking to find it, you were like, oh, look for Strike. And I was like, I can't find Strike anywhere. And you were like, oh, look for All I Want to Do. And I was like, those are the same movie? Yeah. Because I've heard of both of those movies. I did not realize they were the same movies. They are. And we'll get into that in the episode. Excellent. So that is our episode. Thank you for listening. Um, you can find us on Instagram and on threads at Love and Horror Podcast. We're also on TikTok at Love and Horror. If you want to send us a couple of dollars, you could do that at our coffee page, which is ko-fi.com slash love and horror podcast. And you could email us at love and horror podcast at gmail.com. I am on Instagram. Uh, my public Instagram is Hello Sailor Deanne. Where can we find you on the interwebs? You can find me on Instagram at calamity underscore Laura and on TikTok with the same. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so you can subscribe and review Love and Horror on all your favorite podcatchers. And remember, all is fair in Love and Horror.
bear that's like a spaghetti beaver <laughs> and he, li- he lives on straw <laughs> if you have too much straw he'll eat it for you 